0: Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Greek myths and traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. This episode features dramatizations of murder, gore, and filicide. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Medea stood on the deck of the Argo, her robes pulled tight around her shoulders, her dark hair whipping in the winds of the open sea. They were setting sail yet again for a new home, and for the second time, Medea was going into exile, but this time she wasn't alone. Medea looked at the stern of the Argo. There stood Jason, the famed hero, his gaze cast in the direction of Ialkus. She went to stand beside him, taking his hand in hers. But Jason's eyes stayed fixed on the dark water.
1: I'm sorry, my love. I know how it feels to lose the only home you have ever known. Like a part of you has been ripped away. We must be each other's home from now on.
2: Wonderful. Together in exile. No, Medea, you don't understand. I've lost more than just a home. I've lost a kingdom. All because of you. What? What are you saying? It was your idea to kill my uncle with your magic. If we hadn't, I could have had a chance at the throne. Instead, I'm outcast on this God's forsaken sea. Jason. I did all of that for you. I've given up
1: everything. My home, my family, my own birthright so that you could be a king.
2: Yes, yes, you're right. I'm sorry, I know that.
1: Listen to me. We need each other more than ever before. We may not have a country, but we have a future
0: to take care of, a family. Medea placed her hand on her rounding stomach and looked up at Jason. Do you understand?
2: Yes, but I haven't told you. We do have a home, Medea. News of my voyage and exploits have traveled, and turns out the King of Corinth is quite impressed.
1: Is this King Creon? He has a reputation as a tyrant.
2: Well, tyrant or no, he's offered to welcome us into Corinth as honored guests.
1: We just left your uncle and his mad successor behind. Is it wise to trade one despot for another?
2: We don't really have a choice.
1: Why not? We are surrounded by kingdoms. We can voyage anywhere.
2: Since murdering King Peleus, we aren't exactly welcome in many places. You see, Medea, people are afraid of you.
1: What do you mean, afraid of me? We both planned Peleus' murder.
2: Perhaps, but your reputation has spread. The Greeks think you are a barbarian witch who deals in black magic. We'll have to convince the people of Corinth that isn't the case.
1: What do you mean?
2: You must blend in. We have to make you into a proper Greek woman. You promised me you wouldn't ask me to change. (sighs) Corinth is our last hope, Medea. And this will be the
0: last thing I ever ask of you, for our future. The desperation in Jason's eyes tore at Medea. She thought about their son growing in her womb. She couldn't bring a child into the world without a home. Though part of her screamed out in resistance, she dipped her hand into the water, then rubbed away the coal lining her dark eyes. Medea bowed her head and removed her necklaces, her scarves, the remnants of her heritage, and dropped them into the sea. Her tears mingled with the sea spray as she watched them drift on the waves, further and further into the dark. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we're concluding the story of the sorceress Medea. Last week, Medea and her hero husband, Jason, traveled to Iolcus to deliver the Golden Fleece, only to be exiled after killing Jason's uncle, King Peleus. This week, we follow the doomed couple as they attempt to make a life for themselves in a new country, and hear how Greek mythology's greatest romance became one of its darkest tragedies. Coming up, Medea and Jason's not-so-happy ending. Landmark infrastructure legislation was passed in the last Congress. Now comes the work of getting it built. The Global X U.S. Infrastructure
3: Development ETF, ticker PAVE, invests in dozens of companies helping shape the future of American infrastructure. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Investments in infrastructure-related companies have greater exposure to the potential adverse economic, regulatory, political, and other changes affecting such entities. Before investing, carefully consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the fuller summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com.
4: Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. In this ad for the Mobile One brand, I have 30 seconds to remind you about your first time driving. Remember the feeling, the freedom, how the world felt bigger and smaller at the same time because you were in the driver's seat. The truth is driving never changed. You did. You got a job, a phone, and then a phone that was also a computer with emails that could find you anywhere, and then you were trapped. But here's the good news. It's never too late to break free. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Visit loveofdriving.us radio to learn more.
0: When Medea and Jason arrived in Corinth, King Creon kept his promise, and the couple was welcomed into the city. But it was a precarious arrangement. To Creon, having Jason, the hero of the Golden Fleece, in his kingdom was a point of pride. Medea, however, was a strange foreigner, pitied and feared in equal measure. Creon only accepted her into his city because he knew Jason would not make his home there without his pregnant wife. Jason and Medea were at Creon's mercy, and the uncertainty of their situation strained on the couple. Nevertheless, they built a life together in their new city, and over the following years, Medea gave birth to two sons, Mermarus and Ferris. She tried her best to be the respectable Greek wife and mother Jason wanted her to be. But try as she might, Medea simply could not fit in.
1: Coming! I'm coming! Marmaris, leave that poor ram alone! Oh, Anthea. What a lovely
3: surprise. Hello, Medea. I've come to pick up my son.
1: Oh, of course. Ferris, Mamorous. it's time for Luca to go back home. It might be a minute. Would you like to come in? Oh no, that's all right. I'll just wait. Come in. I- I've got wine, figs. I'm sure they'll
0: be done soon.
3: I suppose I can come inside for a moment. I've always wondered what the home of a hero looked like.
0: Medea ushered Anthea into the house, beaming, Even if Jason's fame was the only reason the woman had come, Medea hardly cared. She'd been in Corinth for years, but they rarely ever had visitors. Even surrounded by her family, she was lonely. Here you are. I just got this from the market this morning. What do you think? A look of panic flashed across Anthea's face. She eyed the goblet of wine warily, sniffed it, then took a tiny sip.
3: Mmm, delicious!
0: Wonderful. I'll be right back with the figs. As Medea was turning back to the kitchen, she saw Anthea discreetly spit her wine back into the cup her heart sank a little. Clearly, Anthea believed the rumors that she was a barbarian witch, the sort of sorceress who just might poison a neighbor's glass of wine. When she returned with the tray of figs and grapes, the three little boys raced by, chasing the family ram, and knocked the food from Medea's hands. The tray shattered on the floor, sending fruit and shards of pottery everywhere. (sighs) Of course.
3: Frustrating, but can't you just, you know, fix it with magic?
1: (laughs) If only such things were possible. I wouldn't mind cleaning up after the Rugrats half as much.
0: Anthea rolled her eyes and went to retrieve her son, Medea watched as she pulled the young boy toward the door. But before she left, the neighbor turned to her. Can I give you some
3: advice? Perhaps. You're not fooling anyone, Medea, so stop trying. You don't belong here, and you never will.
0: With that, Anthea tugged her son out of the house and left. Medea stood among the mess her face hot with shame. She hated how much Anthea's words stung, but most of all, she hated how vulnerable she had made herself. Medea sighed and looked at the mess at her feet. Then, with a sweep of her hand, the scattered fruit and shards of pottery reassembled. Medea took it back to the kitchen when a strange cat hopped onto the windowsill. Oh, Hello there. Haven't seen you before. She gave the cat a scratch, and the feline sat down, staring at Medea with familiar golden eyes. Medea sighed, stroking its fur. (sighs) It seems like you're my only friend here. At least you won't insult
1: me. She's right, you know. You'll never fit in.
0: Medea jumped, Pulling her hand away from the cat, it was then she realized exactly why those eyes seemed so familiar. What are you wearing, Medea? I have to say,
1: conformity doesn't suit you. For the love of the god, Cersei, stop doing
0: that! You'll kill me from shock! The cat hopped onto the floor and changed form its golden eyes settling into the human face of Circe, the powerful enchantress and Medea's aunt. Anything would be a better fate than this. Look at you, cooking, cleaning,
3: making desperate small talk with the neighbors. What did I tell you? You can't just
1: show up here,
3: someone could see
1: you. And what did
3: I tell you, Medea? As long as you practice magic, I'm never far. I wish I'd shown up earlier. I would have done something about that shrew of a woman. Oof. In fact, it might not be too late. Should I turn her into a
1: shrew? No! I don't need you turning my neighbors into actual pests. I can handle things on my own. I know you can, but you won't.
3: You're allowing mortals to disrespect you, a demigoddess, and you barely use your magic.
1: I shouldn't be using magic at all. I made a promise to Jason.
3: Speaking of your husband, do you remember my prophecy? I do,
1: as much as I wish I could forget it.
3: Good, then I think you know that you'll be seeing me again very soon.
0: Cersei gave her niece a sad smile. In the next instant, she transformed back into a cat, hopped onto the windowsill, and down into the streets of Corinth. Medea watched her slink into an alleyway and disappear, her chest heavy with dread. Just then, she spotted something out of the corner of her eye. Across the way, a neighbor was watching her, suspicious. Medea mustered a smile and waved. The woman quickly shut her window. Medea sighed. Maybe Cersei was right. Maybe they all were. She didn't belong in Corinth. Perhaps she didn't belong anywhere. Coming up, Cersei's prophecy is set into motion.
5: The internet. What would we do without it? So much information, so little time. And yet, with all the answers available online, there still lie scores of deep, dark spooky secrets mysteries yet to be solved until now this isn't clickbait this is our exclusive new podcast internet urban legends i'm Loie, your evidence expert and i'm eleanor the self-proclaimed skeptic together we're the gruesome twosome sleuths in search of the weirdest stories on the web every tuesday we investigate the internet's creepiest conundrums covering each conspiracy theory and combing through every clue to separate hoax from haunt Whether it's the video sure to make you lose your appetite, Blank Room Soup. Or every kid's worst nightmare, the terrifying truth behind Disney's deaths. Or every parent's worst nightmare, social media's Momo Challenge. Each episode of Internet Urban Legends is chock full of disturbing details which are either truly demented or ripe for debunking. And no matter our conclusion, we're sure to be left scared half to death. So won't you join us? follow our new spotify original from parcast internet urban legends listen free and exclusively on spotify
4: in this ad for the mobile one brand i have 30 seconds to remind you about your first time driving remember the feeling the freedom how the world felt bigger and smaller at the same time because you were in the driver's seat the truth is driving never changed. You did. You got a job, a phone, and then a phone that was also a computer with emails that could find you anywhere, and then you were trapped. But here's the good news. It's never too late to break free. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Visit loveofdriving.us radio to learn more.
3: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
0: Every part of Circe's prophecy had come true. Medea had been exiled twice, first from Colchis, then Iolcus, And just as Circe predicted, Medea had changed herself to please Jason. But one thing had yet to happen. Circe had said she would hurt her husband in some horrific way. She just didn't know why or how. Medea attempted to ease her mind with her usual chores. She swept, washed the linens, bathed her sons, but the monotony of housework did nothing to shake the dark feeling in her gut. And that feeling stayed with her long into the evening when Jason finally returned home. Where were you?
1: I put our sons to bed hours ago.
2: I was at the beach, at the Argo. There's damage to the hull that needs mending.
1: Of course. Gods forbid it fall into disrepair.
2: Medea, please. I've had a lot on my mind. I haven't heard from Creon in weeks. If we're forced to leave Corinth, the Argo will need to be ready.
1: My love, we've been through this. King Creon will summon you. Probably the next time he wants to regale his party guests with tales from the great Jason of the Argonauts. There's no need
2: to fret. There is, Medea. We are at the mercy of his hospitality. As soon as he has no use for me, he could exile us again. And I think I know why he hasn't summoned me. Why? I've heard rumors that you were seen in the forest at the edge of the city. You know that looks suspicious.
1: I can't do anything here without these people accusing me of sorcery. I boil a stew, and they think I'm mixing potions. If I mumble, I'm casting
2: a curse. Nothing I do goes without scrutiny. What were you doing in the woods, Medea?
1: Gathering herbs for our son. Ferris was sick. What would you have me do? Nothing?
2: Do what the other women do when their children are ill.
1: Take him to a physician. It doesn't... Work. Your new world medicine is painful and ineffective. Ferris drank my tonic and was better within the hour, but I suppose you'd rather let our son suffer than let me use my knowledge to help him.
2: No, Medea. You would rather risk your family's exile than sacrifice your magic.
0: Medea fell quiet. After everything she had sacrificed, his words stung. But before either could say anything more, there was a knock at the door. Medea answered it to find a royal envoy on the other side. The young man handed her a message and left. She read the note and turned to Jason. It's from Creon. He's invited you to the
1: palace tonight.
2: (sighs) Thank the gods.
1: Don't stay too late. I know how he gets.
2: Medea, I'm sorry. I am too.
0: Jason arrived at King Creon's palace in the midst of a celebration. Wine flowed freely and music echoed off the hall's marble walls. He picked his way through the crowd of Greeks to find Creon amongst his council. Jason sighed in relief when the king waved him over. Maybe they wouldn't be banished after all.
6: Ah, there he is! The great Argonaut himself. (laughs) I have someone I want you to meet.
0: As Jason made his way over, Creon waved to a young, fair-haired woman in the crowd. She approached and smiled at the hero, her pale green eyes gleaming in the torchlight.
6: Jason, this
2: is my daughter Glossy. Princess, what a pleasure to see you again. Last time we met, you... well, you must have been a little girl... The pleasure
7: is mine. Father has spoken of your adventures so many times. It's a delight to meet a true hero in the flesh.
2: Well, your father is too kind.
6: (laughs) What can I say? I enjoy a good story. Now, Glossy, scurry away, will you? Jason and I must talk.
7: Very well.
0: I hope to see much more of you, Jason.
2: Yes, and I you.
0: The princess gave Jason a coy smile before disappearing into the crowd.
6: So tell me, what do you think? She's lovely. More than that, she's a beauty. You know, Jason, I could marry her off to some unaccomplished prince from another kingdom. But why would I do that when she could take a hero for a husband?
2: (sighs) I suppose so. Who do you have in mind? Theseus? Hercules? a hero and a demigod would be quite the catch. No, Jason. You.
0: Jason's smile faded. He looked at Creon, unsure that he'd heard him correctly.
6: No one would make a better heir to the throne of Corinth. I want you to be my (laughs) son-in-law.
2: I'm flattered, truly. Any man would be blessed by the gods to have her. But I'm a married man, I can barely handle the wife I have, let alone two. Correct me if I'm wrong, Creon, but I believe the punishment for bigamy in your kingdom is stoning? Yes. I imagine being bound to a witch must
6: be challenging. But if you knew the laws in Corinth, perhaps you wouldn't feel so burdened. What do you mean? Marriages to foreigners, especially to barbarians, are illegitimate here. You're married to Medea no more than I am wedded to my horse. What? I... I had no idea. Just think, you could be a king of your own kingdom like you were always destined to be. You could ensure your son's futures and have even more sons with a beautiful young life. Or you can stay with the witch and perhaps you too will find some other country to call home. Think about it.
0: That night, after he left King Creon's palace, Jason made his way to the shore, where the legendary Argo sat waiting in a small cove. Unable to sleep, he passed the night mending the ship's sails and repairing the cracks in its hull, as King Creon's words rolled back and forth in his mind like the tide. Neither choice Creon had given him was easy. Jason could be king, but the decision would leave his wife exiled. Or he could keep their family whole and exile them all. He was reminded of what Medea had said to him the night they fled Iolcus. She told him that they had to be each other's home now. For years, Jason had held on to her words, but he knew that there was one thing Medea could never give him she could never make him king.
2: Medea!
1: Jason, thank the gods. Why didn't you come home? What did Creon say?
2: I'm sorry, I'll explain. But we need to speak alone.
0: Of course. Mamaris, Ferris, go play in the courtyard. The boys obliged. Medea watched as Jason caught each boy in his arms, mussing their hair and kissing their heads before letting them scamper off to play. Something felt off. Jason turned to her, unable to meet her eyes. I have something to tell you,
2: and I pray you will understand.
0: Jason explained to Medea everything that King Creon had told him, how their marriage was illegitimate under Greek law, how Creon asked Jason to marry his daughter and inherit the throne, and how if he refused, they would all be exiled. Medea sat silent, waiting for her husband to tell her that he had laughed at Creon's request, that they would take their family and leave Corinth together. But Jason's next words struck her like a spear to the gut.
2: Medea, I've already spoken to Creon. I'll be marrying his daughter in three days' time, and the boys will stay with me here, but you.
1: I don't understand. What do you mean they'll stay here?
2: I petitioned Creon. At at first he wanted them exiled, but I convinced him to let them remain here. But you, I could not convince him to let you stay.
1: You're abandoning me. You are taking our sons and casting me out.
2: I tried, Medea, but Creon will not be moved. He's terrified of what you will do if you stay. Please understand. This is the best decision for our sons. As royalty, I can give them a future they could never have had as exiles. And I'll support you. I'll find you refuge. When I'm king, I'll send for you.
1: (laughs) You'll send for me? You'll take me as your old mistress in addition to your young wife? No, Jason, I don't believe you. As soon as a crown touches your head, you will forget me. You will finally get your throne and your princess, a real Greek woman, and I will wither in exile.
2: I had hoped it wouldn't be like this. I shouldn't have to defend my decision when I'm doing this for our children. For our survival. Spare
1: me your justifications, Jason. This is nothing but a matter of midlife pride.
2: I won't speak to you like this. Think about what I've said. I will do my best to find you refuge. But whether you take my help or not, you must leave Corinth. Please, Medea, for all of us, leave
0: peacefully. After that morning, Jason did not return. Medea sat alone for hours, reeling from his betrayal. In one fell swoop, her marriage, her family, her future had been stolen from her, and she was left with nothing but her grief. That night, she lay awake long into the early morning, when a yellow-eyed cat hopped onto her windowsill. Cersei, I was wondering
1: when you would come back. Have you returned to say you told me so?
0: That you'd known all along? The cat stared at her unblinking when Medea heard a voice in the shadows.
3: I would never relish in your suffering.
0: Medea turned around to see Circe step out from the darkness.
1: I should have known you wouldn't make the same entrance twice. What was it this time? A moth? Ugh, no, I hate insects. I use the front door. Oh. So tell me, why are you here? If it's not to remind me of your prophecy. To remind you of who you are. <laughs> I am nothing. I am a discarded woman. I have no home, no family. I am alone, Cersei.
3: My sweet Medea, you were never alone.
1: What should I do?
3: What you were born to do. Use your magic. Punish them. But that's what they expect.
1: They're afraid of me.
3: And why do you think they're afraid of you? Everyone knows what you're capable of, but you. Even if you're as docile as a lamb, they will cast you out all the same. You have nothing to lose, Medea. Take your retribution. Give them a reason to be afraid. Don't you want to make them suffer?
1: Yes. Yes, I do.
3: But how? Not far from here, at the edge of the woods, I saw a bush of black oleander. If used properly, that should provide you with all the suffering you desire.
0: Coming up, Medea enacts her revenge.
2: Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by The Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot.
4: Is crypto perfect? Nope. But neither was email when it was invented in 1972. And yet today, we send 347 billion emails every single day. Crypto is no different. It's new. But like email, it's also revolutionary. With Kraken, it's easy to start your crypto journey with 24-7 support when you need it. Go to kraken.com and see what crypto can be. Not investment advice. Crypto trading involves risk of loss. Cryptocurrency services are provided to U.S. and U.S. territory customers by Payward Ventures, Inc., PDI DBA, Kraken. Visit PBI's disclosures at kraken.com legal slash disclosures.
0: Now back to the story. That morning, as the sky grew purple with the sun, Medea donned her old robes and lined her eyes black with coal. And when she looked into the mirror, she smiled... She had changed, just as her grief had changed. She no longer felt sorrow for Jason's betrayal. He intended to leave her to marry King Creon's daughter, casting his first wife into exile. For that, she felt nothing but contempt. Jason had done the most painful thing he could do to her, and now she was determined to do something far worse. That evening, Jason received the message he had been dreading. Medea had requested he return home to settle their affairs. Jason steeled himself for another bitter argument. But when he arrived, Medea greeted him warmly. And stranger still, she had changed. She was adorned in traditional Colchian fashion, looking almost like she had when he first met her. The effect was unsettling. Jason,
1: thank you for coming. I know this isn't easy for you.
2: Well, I'm here, despite the venom you threw at me when we last spoke. What do you want, Medea?
1: Your forgiveness. I've thought about your decision, and I understand how difficult it was to make. Being faced with such a choice must have weighed on you. It did. My words before came from a place of bitterness. I hope you'll understand why I reacted so... intensely.
2: I don't blame you, Medea. Of course you would be angry with me, but I'm glad you've come to your senses, for our son's sake.
1: Yes, me too. But I must admit I didn't just summon you here for an apology. I have a gift for your bride.
0: Medea lifted a beautiful, ornate robe, woven with gold, and presented it to him. It's from my homeland.
1: I hope the princess will accept a barbarian item.
2: This is so generous of you, Medea. Is that perfume I'm smelling in the hem?
1: (laughs) You've always had a keen nose. Yes, that's black oleander, an incredibly rare flower. I brewed it into perfume this morning. A bride's gown should smell sweet, don't you think?
2: I don't know what to say.
1: A pretty gift for a pretty girl. And a token that I mean her no ill will.
2: I will deliver the message. I know Glossy will be grateful for your blessing. It takes true grace, what you're doing. It means more to us than you know.
1: Well, I shouldn't keep you much longer. The last thing you need is to inspire suspicion. Mamaris! Ferris! Come to your father.
0: The little boys scampered into the room and over to Jason. The hero knelt down and sat them on his knee, ruffling their hair. Tell him that you'll be good boys and that
1: you will love your new mother.
2: (laughs) My little heroes, of all my adventures, you are the ones I most treasure. Do you know that? They look so much like you. Ah, but they have their mother's dark eyes.
0: As Medea watched Jason hold their sons, a horrible realization began to dawn on her. Even without her, they looked like a complete family.
2: Medea, why are you crying?
0: I was just thinking of how
1: cruel fate has been to you and I, to our family. And I can't help but weep from joy knowing that in the end, we will get what we deserved all along.
0: After Jason left to make ready for his wedding, Medea was plagued by a decision she could not escape. She paced her home like a caged animal, the thought twisting her stomach, when a raven flew through her open window. <laughs> As soon as its talons touched the floor, it transformed. Cersei picked a black feather off her robes and looked at her niece, concerned.
3: My darling girl, tell me what's upsetting you.
0: I...
1: I can't tell you. I can hardly say the words myself.
3: There is nothing you can't tell me, Medea. Something is tormenting you. But if you tell me what it is, I may be
1: able to help. It's not enough Harming Jason's bride isn't punishment enough He's hardly known Glossy a week It will be painful, but he'll move on quickly No, no, no To hurt him as he has hurt me I have to destroy what he cherishes most And what is that? His legacy Oh gods I have to kill my boys I'm so sorry, Medea You knew, didn't you? You knew all those years ago. There was nothing I could say,
3: Medea. Your fate is not mine to decide. Every step, every decision is only yours to make. Could you do it? (laughs) It's unspeakable. Yet here we are, speaking of it now. Could you do it?
1: I... I don't know. Even if I spare them, I will never, never be with them. I will be giving them over to be raised by my enemies. If anyone should end their lives, it should be me. I am their mother. I brought them into the world, and I will take them out gently. You
3: could let them live, Medea. If you destroy them, you destroy
1: yourself. I have to. You already know that, because even
0: this is worth Jason's suffering. That night, Medea put her sons to bed. Come sleep, darlings. Let mama hold you. And sung them to sleep with a lullaby from her native Colchis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She rocked them gently and kissed their heads. And when they had drifted to sleep, she held them close feeling their little hearts beat for the last time. After their reconciliation, Jason left Medea overwhelmed by relief. He hurried to King Creon's palace, eager to tell Princess Glossy the news and to deliver the Colchian robe Medea had sent her.
7: Oh, Jason, it's so elegant. I've never seen embroidery like this before.
0: That's because it's come
2: from the other end of the world. It's from Colchis. A Colchian robe? But the only place you could have gotten this from is... Medea. Yes, my love. It's a gift. She's made peace with our marriage and has agreed to leave Corinth quietly. This is a token of her goodwill. I can't believe
7: it. Are you sure?
2: I could hardly believe it myself. But Glossy... I know she meant it.
7: Tell Medea her gift means the world to me. I was so afraid of her. But even more than that, I felt such guilt. Knowing she suffered because I've taken you from her has weighed heavily on me.
2: I had no idea.
7: I didn't think I could be truly happy in our marriage until I knew she was at peace. This robe and what it symbolizes is the best wedding gift I could have hoped for.
0: Try it on. I can't wait to see how beautiful you look. Princess Glossy wrapped the robe around herself, placing the ornate hood upon her head, and stepped before a mirror. She stared at her reflection, beaming.
7: Oh, Jason, it's...
0: In the mirror, Glossy saw her skin begin to distort before her eyes. She screamed. Jason watched in horror as her flesh began to redden and bubble as if she were being boiled alive. She fell to the floor, shrieking and writhing in agony, her eyes rolling back into her skull. And soon, her tortured cries brought Creon running into the room.
6: Glossy?
2: Oh, dear gods. What has happened? I I, I
0: don't know. It it was a gift. Just just a gift. But before Jason could explain, the princess's screams died to a whisper and her jerking movements stilled. Underneath the robe, her flesh was blackened and oozing. Creon dropped to his knees and pulled his daughter close, weeping as he rocked her charred body. He turned to Jason, his voice dripping with hate. What have you done?
2: It was only a gift.
6: What villain gave you this?
0: Medea. Terror flashed in the king's eyes. Creon went to stand, but found he could not extricate himself from his daughter's corpse. Smoke rose from his hands as the poisoned robes began to melt Creon's flesh as well. Creon screamed in agony, pulling at the cloth in futile efforts to free himself. Jason ran from the palace as fast as his feet could carry him.
2: Medea! Where are you? Ah,
1: Jason. I was wondering when you'd come. Did the princess enjoy her gift? I watched her burn before my eyes, and Creon with her! Both of them, really? Well, that couldn't have gone better.
2: You deceived me. Fed me lies about your forgiveness. I trusted you.
1: And I, you. Seems we don't know each other after all.
2: Where are my sons? I am taking them from you before you can harm
0: them. I'm afraid it's too late for that. Medea pulled back a blanket draped over the bed. Underneath, Ferris and Mermaris lay lifeless, their necks gaping where Medea had slit their little throats. Wrapped around their bodies was the golden fleece soaked through with blood. No, 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 no. Oh, God.
1: What kind of mother kills her own children? One tormented by your husband's treachery. I birthed them, nurtured them, and loved them. And now you've driven me to slaughter them. Why, Medea? Why would you do this? Because, Jason. Because I despise you more than I love them. You could have just killed me. Kill me instead of them. That would be too simple. I want you to live so you can feel it, to suffer as I've suffered. And know that I've destroyed everything
2: I've given to you. You have given me nothing but pain and exile, you miserable witch! (laughs) I gave you everything!
1: There's no sin or sacrifice I didn't commit for your happiness. I made you the hero you are, that people think you are, and now I've destroyed it all. But I will leave you the fleece so that you may remember what you once had.
2: May you suffer the God's wrath
1: for what you've done. Oh, Jason, I am a wrathful God.
0: Medea looked at her husband and smiled. Then she walked past him, out the door, and into the night. Jason watched, stunned, as she vanished into darkness. A moment later, he glimpsed two ravens emerge from the fog and fly together to the open sea. As the proverb goes, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, and of all the female figures of antiquity, no one personifies the archetype of the scorned woman quite like Medea. She is anguished, dangerous, Wild, She will murder even her own children to punish those who betray her. But Medea is not only the villain, but a heroine and a victim, and perhaps one of the most complex female figures in the Greek pantheon. But it wasn't always this way. In the Argonautica, written in the 3rd century BCE, Medea assumed the role most women play in epic tales, a flat character who exists purely to support the hero's goal. And Medea does so in spectacular, bloody fashion. She orchestrates the murder of her brother and betrays her people. But the consequences of such sacrifice The story that comes after the glorious adventure has ended was explored in Euripides' 5th century BCE play, Medea. Euripides takes the legend of Jason and the Argonauts and focuses on the anguish of the woman key to Jason's success. We come to know Medea's pain, and when she commits her final act of revenge, rather than being punished for her crimes, Medea is, in a way, deified. The play ends in a classic deus ex machina. After she murders her children, Medea boards a golden chariot sent by her grandfather, the sun god Helios, and is swept away from Corinth. It's a dazzling escape that sends a message. The gods have sided with Medea's retribution, and in turn, she has ascended into the heavens, a true demigoddess. Rather than destroy her, the twisted justice she has wrought transforms her into something infinitely more powerful than a human sorceress. It's a metamorphosis through bloodshed. But in 5th century BCE Greece, Euripides' play was an abject failure. The bloody tale of betrayal and filicide was widely unpopular with ancient Greek audiences. Its message too radical for a society built around women's oppression. However, in the eras since, Medea's story has been resurrected again and again. From 17th century operas to Broadway performances, Medea became a symbol for women's rage and a cautionary tale against their persecution. And like Medea herself, her story has not only survived, but transformed into something greater, long after the structures that contained her have crumbled. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday, we dive into another dark classic tale. See you next week for another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Alex Garland, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tiana Camacho, Joe Hernandez, Julian Smith, and Jen Wong. I'm Vanessa Richardson.